Dear Haunted, If you asked me as a teenager, I would have said this episode was an important threshold for the Vampire Diaries. Because Vicky dies, and we don't have to deal with her anymore. As a grown-ass adult woman, this is now known to me as the episode where we failed Vicky. And also as the one where Damon flirts with Tyler's mom, Karen Lockwood. Ew. <laughs> Sincerely, Bridget. Dear Haunted, Happy Halloween! Hope everyone is ready to get bummed. Today we say goodbye to Vicky, a short-lived character with such a big impact. Sincerely, Nikki. Welcome to Dear Vampire Diaries, where today we're going to have the pleasure of escorting you through the episode of Haunted, Season 1, Episode 7. I am one of two hosts, Nikki. Joined, as always, with her best friend, Bridget. While we won't be delving into future episodes, we will be discussing this episode, Haunted, in detail, and you have been warned. Dun dun dun. I thought I'd do a spooky warning for Halloween. That's my, that's my spooky warning. Speaking of warnings, <laughs> spookiness, uh, we have a content note. The Vampire Diaries contains heavy themes. Please check the episode description for trigger warnings and timestamps. All right, Nikki, this is the episode where Bonnie's abilities surprise Damon. Elena asks Jeremy not to see Vicky. Matt takes Vicky to a haunted house, but the night takes a terrifying turn. I feel like they're getting worse. <laughs> I agree. Also, the first sentence, as you so aptly said a while ago, that sure was one scene in the whole episode. <laughs> and it was it's like a very short scene, but it's interesting that they make note of it because I do think it's one of the most important maybe plot points without any spoilers. That's a, an important plot point yeah, right there. Yeah, it sure does seem like it's going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's not a haunted house. It's the it, the school is a, like a the name. So f- this the name for this. I was like, oh, is this this episode of a thing that I won't spoil that's gonna happen later in season one? No, it was like not applicable at all. Like I get it's the Halloween episode, but like absolutely, what was haunted about this? The the school, the gymnasium. Okay, haunted gymnasium. Did our school ever do anything cool for no. Halloween like this? I feel like never. No. I feel like most schools <laughs> And don't. we went to school in New England where it would have been really yeah. cool. And it would have been like it had that feeling of fall and like leaves changing. And where I am is now evergreen. And that's kind of a bummer for Halloween. Yes. Speaking of Halloween, Bridget. <laughs> didn't mean to rhyme. I would like yes. I would like the record to show that I am wearing my vampire lips t-shirt with my nice you are. pink lips and vampire teeth. Uh, in honor of this episode. It's like the Rocky Horror Picture Show of vampire t-shirts because it's just yes. lips and just teeth and nice little fangs. It's beautiful. It really <laughs> speaks to my soul. Also, we're coming up on my one year anniversary of getting engaged and I got engaged in this shirt. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> so vampire's I'll... always near and dear to my heart. <laughs> it's cool. Halloween will now forever have another layer for you, which I is know. very awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's one of my favorite holidays. Is it one of your favorite holidays? Not really. Really? <laughs> For as much as I love like vampires and the color black and spooky things, uh, I don't really like Halloween that much. And I know that's like blasphemous and everybody and their mother fucking loves Halloween. But like, I think here's why. As a child, Halloween was just trick-or-treating. And like you were saying, where we live in New England, or where we lived in New England, very cold. Very cold. In the end of October, like snow cold. And you and, and you and I have I, poor circulation. Yeah. I'm always cold. <laughs> so like, I just, and like my mom was never like, you know, 
hot, like not letting us have candy. So we just had candy like at the house. So I was like, why am I walking around outside for like four hours? Now, see, cold? for me, I was not allowed really to have candy. And so Halloween was this magical night of the year. It was like the purge for me, but with food. <laughs> see, Halloween's gotten better now, though, because now I can like still get dressed up, which is my favorite part. And then I can just like go to somebody's house and like eat good food and drink and hang out with friends. So now it's like better. Anyway, back to our Mystic Falls friends. <laughs> All right. Previously on the Vampire Diaries, all the things have happened. Vicky is now a vampire. Well, she's uh, freshly transitioned, let's say. She's a newbie vamp. And we start off the episode in an empty parking lot. Uh, Nikki, I've learned very little in my life, mm -hmm. uh, in my short 27 years. But something that I have learned is that if you're walking alone mm -hmm. at night mm -hmm. in a parking lot on a dramatic vampire soap opera, shit's about to go down. A lot of people putting things in trunks when stuff happens to them in the show. It's like the writers are like, what can we have them be doing? But yes, Tyler is leaving practice, school, game, who fucking knows. And he's getting into his car um, where Vicky surprise. This is all of us in this very Halloween-appropriate jump scare. Hi, Ty. Yeah, her hair is in front of her face, and we don't know what she's gonna do. <laughs> and it builds really well. Like, she starts off, like, kind of not making sense to him. And he's like, you've been on, like, a drug bender. And she's like, I just can't control it. I'm so hungry and he's just like ah Vic you know whatever yeah but also he's like what happened in the woods like with those people they got murdered and everyone's been looking for you and mm -hmm. what killed me is her just being like I'm so scared yeah and it's like oh my god Vicky <laughs> oh Vicky she's going through a lot and then she just the hunger just kind of overwhelms her and she starts to she's about to chow down on Tyler's neck, and I kind of wish... That she had. Just a little bit, right? Yeah, because it would be like payback for what he did to her in the pilot. You know? Right. Just like a little bit. Yeah, just, 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 just the bad part of me wanted that to happen. <laughs> but Stefan intervenes, um, and, and so does Damon. And Damon also intervenes. And you know what's a joy to me? Damon and Tyler having a chat for the first time in our, in our show. Oh, screw you, dude. Dude, really? Dude. Uh, yeah, it's like the two dicks. Right. It's the two, it's the dick showdown. But it's so interesting how quickly I'm like on Damon's side, even though he's oh, also yeah. a monster. <laughs> he's done oh, terrible for shit. Sure. It's just like, at least he's funny. <laughs> we don't call Damon Salvatore dude. I'm with him. <laughs> yeah, no, or Damo. Um, yeah, right, right. Yes, no. <laughs> or Damien, as, as many people have oh, referred yes. to him as through the mm. years. And I'm just like, it's it's actually shorter. I don't know. It's less anyway. effort. It's less syllables. <laughs> but Damon and Tyler get into a little I'm the jerk, no, I'm the jerk competition. Um, <laughs> and then Vicky is all like, don't you hurt him. Right. And I'm like, why do you care about this guy? Oh, well, she, issues for another time. She's got a lot of emotions going through her. And like Stefan says later, they all get blurred when you're a new vampire. Um, yeah. But so because yeah. Tyler goes to hit Damon and Damon just grabs his yeah. throat and is just like, get the fuck out of here. Forget what you saw. We were never here. And then tosses you know, him. Vicky, <laughs> I have, I have a little mini, I'm sure that this is, I'm sure that Vicky's talking about Tyler uh, with the, don't you hurt him in that moment. But 
because Damon sired her, and we haven't had any talk about sires yet, but that's like, we both know that that's a part of vampire lore, that whoever turns you into a vampire is usually like a very important person yeah. in a vampire's life. Because um, it's like your maker in a way, your creator, yep. uh, your, or your like vamp parent. Yeah, in some lores, like your sire is like, you either have like this really rich connection, or sometimes there's even like some like obeying thing that you need to do, depending on the lore. Um, or, like, you can't actively hurt them in some lore. Exactly. Like, you can't, like, physically hurt them. There's, like, a bunch of different interpretations. And, yeah, we haven't seen anything like that yet. We don't know what it might be, but it would be an interesting read on this if Vicky is speaking to Tyler when she says, don't you hurt him, and she's talking about him not hurting her sire, who is Damon. Hmm, that's interesting. I never looked at it that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's not, but I thought that that was, like, <laughs> funny. I just thought that might, like, turn it on its head a little bit. How do you think Tyler feels in the morning when he wakes up and his back is all bruised from landing on the concrete <laughs> yeah. ground? And he can't remember anything? Oh my god, is that why each of us wake up sometimes? You know how people just wake up and they're like, where did I get this cut? Yeah, he's just, you know, vampires. We've all been compelled, yeah. everyone. It's it's a mass... It's making you forget. It's a mass hallucination. Get you some vervain. All right. So, yes, Damon flips him over. Tyler gets back up and he's alone in the parking lot. Dun, dun, dun. Title card. And then we pop over, as we so often do, from something really interesting and intense to Elena in bed. And I just need to complain just for like a minute about how Elena always wakes up like she took a two minute nap, like on top of the covers, like just like full makeup, half the time she has a bra on, like. Her hair is perfect. Like, what are we doing? She does have I woke up like this vibes, doesn't she? It's also like she's always like so still. Like she just like opens her eyes and she's just like, oh, now I'm deep in thought now that I've first woken up. Like nobody does that. <laughs> Maybe this is why, I mean, we've cracked the mystery about why these male vampires like to watch these girls when they sleep. It's because they're unusually pretty sleepers. Yeah, I want a, I want a vampire-human relationship story where the guy goes to watch her sleep and she's just like snoring, <laughs> mouth agape, some drool on her pillow. Her hair is a mess. Yep. She doesn't have any eyebrows because she draws them on. She's just looking like a wreck. And she, she doesn't move for hours, and it's just really boring. Or she talks in her sleep, but it's not interesting, coherent sentences like Bella Swan. It's just like, <laughs> monkey, green, potatoes. The spiders want me to tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tap dance. Yeah, exactly. Tell those spiders. <laughs> Thank you for knowing exactly what I was quoting. I love you. I got you. <laughs> but yeah, no, Elena's bed is my happy place, though, because Nina Dobrev is so pretty. And I'm like, oh, so glad to be here and not in an abandoned parking lot. Yeah, but you know what? We're going over to the Jack and Jill mishap number two, <laughs> where Elena goes to go into the bathroom, Jeremy's there, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, what's interesting to me throughout this episode is there's this running thing of Elena trying to keep Jeremy away from what's happening. Yes. But she does it in the least empathetic way possible, where she can't imagine, like, what, that he's, like, actually, like, cares like she herself like at the end of this episode was like i can't stay away from you but she's like jeremy you gotta stay away from vicky like it's just so hypocritical and so just like the thing i don't like about elena that she does sometimes it's just like holier than thou like she's got a whole double standard for herself she really thinks that like other people can't make it without her everything depends on her intervening helping yes yeah we've talked about her uncanny ability to take on more responsibility than is her due like she's i think she genuinely means well but she has a little bit too much like i know what's best going on yeah absolutely 
But uh, Elena does make a very good point that they shouldn't skip school and that updates about Vicky are what cell phones are for. Um, you know, like, and, and for emergencies, like writing um, hot tea to your bestie. What's weird to me, though, in this moment, so I got very confused about the search party situation because, like, Jeremy's like, I can go to school if there's a search party. But then Matt's at school when he gets the phone call from Vicky, right? Yeah, Matt's not skipping school to go search for his sister. So you would think that the search party's not happening until later anyway. I don't know. It just, like, Matt skipped school, like, a couple episodes ago, like, (laughs) when he was, like, trying to get out of that conversation with Elena. So I don't know. So Elena is, like, trying to convince him to, like, go to school. And you know how Jeremy says, your lips keep moving. I don't know why. And I'm like, oh, Nikki, I think we're getting a little preview of the lyrics for his newest Screamo band song. Your lips keep moving and I don't know why. Thank you. That was my audition for Jeremy Gilbert's Screamo Band. Ooh, love that. You had a little bit of a punk vibe to it. That's the influence I would bring to his band. Yes. (laughs) Very old school. And so early in the episode, we are already ready for the sixth big event of season one. Oh my God. Which is Halloween at school. Yeah, six out of seven. Here we are. Everybody's been uh, setting up. Uh, students are carving jack-o'-lanterns, setting up cauldrons, laying tables with plaid cloth. Yeah, our school never did this. I have major, major jealousy for these students. How much money does this school have? <laughs> they put on a lot of events. I mean, I guess they have, like, founders parties and, like, they got big, like, rich people energy. Yeah, they got old white money up there. But, so, in contrast to the fun of Halloween, uh, like we mentioned, Vicky calls Matt and... I just feel so bad for Matt in this episode. I know. He's just, he just wants to know where she is. And she's saying, you know, I'm fine. But, you know, that's just, that's got to be hard. Especially with, like, we don't know much about his mom. But we know that she's, like, not coming down when his, like, sister went missing. So, like, he certainly doesn't have the most, like, stable people in his life. Yeah. And Vicky doesn't seem to have much uh, compassion, really, for him. It feels to me like she called him because Stefan said to. Yeah, probably. Speaking of Stefan, back in the Salvatore study, we see Vicky being all like, why can't I go home? And Stefan's like, we're all in this together. And Damon's <laughs> like, <laughs> Damon's like, I think someone's on to us. And Stefan yeah. is like, then leave, Damon. And Damon's all like, whoa, what happened to the Zac Efron vibes that you had going a second ago? <laughs> Damon just wants to be a part of a vamp family. It feels to me like if the Vampire Diaries were a sitcom, it would be like Vicky is like, you know, the, the problem child of the two Salvatore brothers. And like, they, they're they like the odd couple, Stefan and Damon. Two and a half vamps. Exactly. Like, I love Damon in this moment. You know, I love competent characters. You know, that's why yes. I loved Caleb in Pretty Little Liars. Uh, I just, I love a character mm. that's putting things together, figuring things out, has a plan, knows what to do. And he does a great job through this episode. And I was like, look at Damon go. He's crushing it. He's figuring all this stuff out. Like, it's really important that they know what's going on with the council and all this stuff and yada, yada, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, but all of this is also his fault. <laughs> like, the yes. council wouldn't know about them in the first place if it wasn't for him. So, like. Yeah, he's at the point of his eternal life where he's got to cause problems just so he can find solutions and not be bored, as he says later. Mm-hmm. he's just like we need to be like we need to know what they're doing like they're on to us yeah oh really david are they are they on to you <laughs> can't imagine why whose fault is that so stefan's trying to give vicky animal blood 
um, because that's what he does. And, you know, he knows that Vicky is, you know, somebody with an addictive personality and, like, it takes a long time to learn how to control the, like, bloodlust. Um, and, you know, Damon has a completely other point of view where he's like, you know, my, like, we should just, like, snatch, eat and erase and Stefan's like yeah you can do that but it takes like years of practice like we're getting ahead of ourselves like she needs to learn right now so it's these two different ideas for vampires of either like snatch eat erase or Stefan's opinions about he says we choose our own path our values and actions they define who we are and you know Damon is like you know you can't listen to him he walks on a moral plane way out of our eyeline which is interesting because, like, we do kind of know that Vicky is a little bit more similar to Damon anyway. So even in this moment when Damon's talking about, like, the fun of being a vampire, you can see that that very much more resonates to Vicky. So even early on in this episode, we kind of have an idea that this might not go well. <laughs> yeah, but also I have to wonder if Damon wasn't there. And with my sire argument from earlier, where, like, I feel like... She's getting two different messages right now, and so it's really it would be hard for her to have a chance at what Stefan is offering, right? Because it does seem like she's like, yeah, can I have some more? Okay, like she's kind of listening to him, right. but yeah. Damon starts planting these seeds that she doesn't have to listen to Stefan, and yeah. he's really undermining. Um, they're they're not co-parenting very well, <laughs> which would be the crux of the sitcom. But, it's really uh, important to talk about parenting styles early on the process before <laughs> you even have the child, you know, really make sure you're on the same page. Yeah. Take it from two non-parents, you know. So Damon starts going downstairs because he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. Um, and my favorite yeah. part about this is the doorbell rings and he gets a little smile because he knows exactly <laughs> who's at the door. Oh, yay. Elena's here. <laughs> And then the door opens and he smolders like a motherfucker at her. Yes, he does. And <sighs> there's some great questioning questions happening here. Uh, Elena's saying, how can you be so arrogant and glib after all you've done? He says, how can you be so brave and stupid to call a vampire arrogant and glib? And I want to ask the question, what teenager uses the word glib? <laughs> Ooh, you know, she she is 17. So perhaps she is in an AP English class. Uh, where she does pay attention. This is a word of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because uh, Stefan's also in her English class. Oh, that's a good point. So probably not. But it did make me question um, if she's a Gryffindor, because he calls her brave and stupid. And n- no offense to you. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Eh. Fucking rude. <laughs> For those of you uh, that don't know, uh, Nikki Couldn't and I, tell. Nikki and I have a, a Romeo and Juliet friendship where I am in Slytherin and she is in Gryffindor, and we constantly tease each other about it. Okay, <laughs> D- different fandom. Um, sorry. Yeah, no, I can see that though. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: I can see it. I joke, but also that like holier than thou shit is also very Gryffindor. <laughs> yes, well, and the and the like reckless, like not thinking about it, just standing up for like her loved ones and standing up for the truth, even in the face of, like, perhaps personal danger. Mm, quite. They're very Gryffindor. <laughs> some may see it as brave, some may see it as stupid. Or perhaps both. Discuss. <laughs> yeah, perhaps both. Um, Nikki, Ian Summerhalder is amazing here. He always is. I'm not going to go on about it. But one of my favorite lines that he says is, uh, Stefan's upstairs singing The Rain in Spain. Do you know what that's a reference to? No. 
Okay, so this is easily my favorite joke in the whole episode because uh, My Fair Lady, which is based on Pygmalion by um, George Bernard Shaw, is about this, like, speech dialect professor who says that he can turn a street urchin into, like, a high lady <laughs> of, like, English. Like, he can he can bring her to, like, a high-class evening and pass her off as, like, high like upper class just, just because of changing her dialect. And so there's this whole thing where, like, they have this thing these two characters in the in the musical have a dynamic of like this old professor is like trying to teach her how to say the rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane and she's like the rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane and so he's like trying to teach her and it's like hopeless and that is what I'm just picturing Kayla Yule and Paul Wesley doing that <laughs> song <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I never. I it didn't made know me that. very happy that he he made a musical theater reference. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'd like to go to Broadway with Damon and, and watch. Oh shows. my god! Anyway, you just be, be like best. whispering jokes about it the entire time. It'd <laughs> be great. <laughs> Mystery science vampire. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, Damon's just like yeah, just go right in and just leaves. Uh, <laughs> and Elena's yet again in a horror movie where she's like, Stefan. Stefan? <laughs> Stefan? <laughs> and then he's just like, yes. Where's Crow Paul Wesley? Oh, R.I.P. I gotta say, in this scene where Stefan explains to her how Vicky's personality is like going to be kind of heightened in her vampire state, it sort of puts me off when Elena is like, so she's a vampire with issues. I'm like, yeah. dude, he's telling you how extra important it is to keep Jeremy away right now because he's the drug that Vicky's craving. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm, like, over her attitude. I don't know. I, I kind of wish I got to see more of Elena in Vicky before mm. all of this happened to see, like, really what their relationship was like. Because, like, yeah, they've known each other for over 15 years, right? Like, 15 years or whatever. I'll bet Elena's always been a little bit judgy of Vicky because she probably yeah. is on Matt's side and is a little bit, like... Vicky causes all right. these problems, blah, 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 because we see how she treats Jeremy. She's not very compassionate to Jeremy um, and right. his, like, you know, sort of delinquent behavior. Yeah, and we'll see that a little bit later that Vicky also thinks that. Yeah. And uh, I think Elena's very self-centered here. Her first yeah. question is not, how is she? But when Vicky shows up, she's like, hey, Vicky, how are you? And I'm just like, this isn't sincere. And Vicky kind of calls out. She's like, you fucking kidding? <laughs> you know? <laughs> not great. Vampire. What a mm. dumb question. Yeah. Also, Elena's like saying to Stefan, she's like, "What am I supposed to do? Like, I'm lying to everybody." And like, she's I get... obviously not a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> I get that she like doesn't like doing that, but also like, mm, stakes are a little bit bigger than like you just not liking lying about this. Like, I understood when like it was just that she had this guy that she knew that had this big secret. And, like, wanting to, like, not be a part of it and be like, I can't lie to people about this stuff. Like, I just don't want to be a part of it. But now you're in it. Like, you are very much in it. So, like, get over it. That's not the biggest concern. Like, you being upset about lying to people is not the biggest concern we have here. Like, the biggest concern we have here is Vicky not going on, like, a murder spree. So, like, eh. Get your priorities in check. She needs to sort out her priorities. Heavy Harry Potter episode today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's on the brain for me. October is that time when I start to double, double toil and trouble. All that kind of stuff. Anyway. 
<laughs> so then we go to Sheila Bennett's house and I'm so excited and so happy I could watch a show all about like Graham's just like telling Bonnie how to be a witch and stuff. I love her teaching her. I She drops so many like little wisdom nuggets in this. Like she says, it takes more than ignorance to trap a real witch. And I was like, oh, that's so badass. Like I, I want that on a t-shirt. She says, you need to understand it to practice it because Bonnie's just like so eager. Mm-hmm. But Graham's cares a lot more about her like taking it seriously and saying like it's not meant to be fun. You know, this is real and it's serious. And I love that. It just gives me chills. And she cares about Bonnie's education. Yeah. I love a good grandma moment in anything. Um, Also, though, my other question, how do these teens have so much free time in the morning before school starts? Like, Elena (laughs) went to somebody else's house, had a whole conversation. Like, I guess she's also skipping school, though, because she doesn't show up in school, even though she mentioned that to Jeremy. Like, Bonnie, like, went to her Graham's house, like, had, like... (laughs) this whole like mini lesson in the morning like i just don't what are how mm, but also like it's cut with like matt already at school like i did the timeline of this episode's kind of weird do you think maybe they have like a free period in the morning although as juniors you don't get that like that's not a thing who knows i don't know i I think these screenwriters forgot what it was like to be like they want their teenagers to be in college and have different classes at for different times yeah Mm -hmm. maybe oh something else nikki this Sheila Bennett is 180 degrees away from how Bonnie has described Grams in the past. Although she does, well, the way she described her is how Sheila wants people to think about her. Ooh, you're right. Yeah, she says, don't let them know the truth. Let them think I'm just kooky. And she teaches a cult at the university. Okay, Nikki, mini story, mini sideline. I applied to an Ivy League school, one Ivy League, uh, when I was in... Uh, our senior year or junior year, whenever you apply to colleges. Yes, the and screenwriters have forgotten what it's like to write high school. In my interview for that school, um, it went super well. And at the end, they said, so anything else we should know? And I could tell they were super excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to get into the school. And then I said, yeah, I'm kind of interested in occult studies. And her smile fell. And she was like, oh, okay. I did not get into that school, Nikki. I genuinely think it's because of that comment that I made about being interested in occult studies. Did you end up taking occult studies? No, that it doesn't exist. We, although we met in maybe the closest class to occult studies that we possibly could, which was like studying world religions. Well, we didn't meet there, but like that's that's where we were seated next to each other, and we started like that's where we really became friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. And we did mm. something on ancient Egyptian magic and religions Gosh. and stuff. Yeah. It was really dope. And then we ended up doing all the work for the group project. Hey, remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Weird. <laughs> Maybe they were busy dealing with vampire drama. Oh, that's a good point. You never know what's going on in someone else's lives, kids. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, though. Um, yeah. So we cut over to the Mystic Grill, uh, where Mayor Lockwood and... Karen Lockwood. No, how do you... You were saying her name fun earlier. <laughs> Karen! Oh, Karen! <laughs> Karen's there. We should have never trusted that Logan weasel with the watch. And I'm like, oh, you mean Logan Scumfell? You mean the one that got murdered? Yeah, right. Like, we should get uh, Mayor Lockwood and Jenna together in a room to brainstorm some uh, nice name calling for Logan. They must have a lot of people that just like leave town, right? Like they haven't said that Logan right. died. They just are like, yeah, he just left town, right? Because like, well, they know they know that there's one they know vampire. He's- 
because of the bite marks on his neck. Right. They know, but we haven't heard anything about anybody else in town knowing that Logan's dead. Oh, that's a good point. So Jenna probably doesn't know. Right. So he's all just like left town. Mm. Meanwhile, Karen is planning a gender reveal party for the vampire. Is it a he or is it a she? And I'm like, well, it could be a non-binary vampire. God, Karen. Ugh. <laughs> True. True. And he's uh, all, we have to find it before it finds us. And Damon already has. Yeah. I love that point of just like Damon just listening in. But again, they're on to you because of you, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> he's enjoying it. He's enjoying himself. It's like a kid just like playing a board game with himself. <laughs> yes, like... this is Damon. This should just be called Damon's Solitaire. <sighs> and then we go to the uh, Mystic Falls High corridor where Matt and Tyler like kind of make up i don't know tyler is just like hey is there anything i can do matt's like appreciate it like they just don't really did you need talk this about scene? their issues i didn't need this scene no i don't care about them <laughs> i mean i care about matt kind of i don't know tyler but then we go to bonnie and caroline and i love this scene so much <laughs> caroline's gotten her a witch costume and bonnie's like wow fuck you i love it though it's so <laughs> hilarious to me <laughs> But Caroline just wants to, Caroline just wants to have fun. Yeah, she wants some fluffy fun without Damon. And then, like, in the costume, we see that Caroline has included the crystal that Damon Mm -hmm. was, quote-unquote, going to give to her. And I love that she's just like, yeah, wear it, toss it, I don't care. And uh, at the end, as they're walking away, and Bonnie's like, you know, jealousy provokes wrinkles. And Caroline checks for wrinkles. Did you notice that? <laughs> she checks her forehead. <laughs> oh. And then we go back to the Salvatore sitcom. Yes, where Vicky, Elaine, and Stefan are sitting together and just chatting about vampire things. He's talking about how coffee is really good for them because it keeps their circulation going. It keeps them warm. He's being a good vampire sponsor, but she says that she doesn't need the 12 steps because the school counselor's already tried yes. that. And he's like, it can work for you. It's just a day at a time. It's your choice. And she enjoys asking him about human blood and seeing that Elena is uncomfortable. And I really wish Elena wasn't here for this. She does not need to be staying. No, it doesn't make sense that she is here. Also, it's weird to me that he's like, or she's like, so you've never had human blood? And he's just like, well, yeah, I mean, I did. Like a long time ago, many years ago. And Elena's like, oh my god. He's 145 years old. He's a vampire. You yeah. really think he's never had human blood? Like, what? What are we doing? Like, he clearly, he turned into a vampire. He's clearly had human blood. Exactly. And it's just, I just hate that Elena is here for this. I'm like, leave. Go to school. Follow your own damn advice. Double standards, Elena. She just told Jeremy not to come here, and then now she's done that. I She's done that same thing. I, I, she's got big, uh, bland main character vibes in this episode. She absolutely does. Also, <laughs> a little thing. I love that Vicky's like, I have to pee. <laughs> she's like, wait, why do I have to pee? I thought it was dead. <laughs> she's like, I'm a false, false alarm. But, like, <laughs> I just love that moment for her. It's such a good, like, choice to just, like, it really kind of shows how, like, much her emotions are bouncing around. Where she's just like, I don't wanna. And then she's just like, ugh, why do I have to do this? And then it just switches so quickly to, like, annoyance about with Elena. Because Elena is... Mm-hmm. Also, in a really annoying way, like, you can't, like, very, like, condescending. Like, you know you can't see Jeremy anymore. And, like, 
it's not a good approach and it does not go well. Um, because as we mentioned earlier, it really triggers a lot of things to Vicky about like, okay, well, how long have you been waiting to say this to me? Because like, this was probably like predates the whole vampire thing. Um, and even though I know that like, this is not good to do this, right. uh, when Vicky kind of loses it on Lena and she like threatens her, really enjoyed that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, kind of. I, I know I feel weird because, like, I feel like this same scene that I first watched with, like, oh my god, she needs to die. Like, she's threatening our main protagonist. She needs to die. That's how I thought as a teenager. And then now watching it, I'm like, yeah, fuck you, Elena. Really, though? Why couldn't Stefan have just taken away Vicky's phone? And you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, yeah. and then Elena should have just left and gone to school. Like, she told Jeremy to. I'm just yeah. I'm annoyed. Yep. Go home, Elena. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, go to school. So where's Jenna in this episode? And, and Stefan left her alone to, like, go hunt more blood. Why did he leave her alone with a new vampire? This yeah. is just, this is bad, bad, bad. Anyway. Outside the Salvador house. Elena's all annoyed, and she's just like, she, like, attacked me. She's still holding her throat. Get over it. <laughs> she's like, she threatened me. And I'm with Stefan on this. Elena needs to leave and trust Stefan yeah. to deal with it. And, you know, he just needs to tell her not to invite Vicky in and maybe start giving Jeremy Vane. I don't know. Why are they not on top of this? It's just very frustrating. Um, right. And Stefan says that, you know, he had to learn on his own and that it took him a long time, which is interesting. Um, and, and I'm like, okay. I really like the description that Stefan gives about how, like, all of those emotions are heightened and they can all just blur together into hunger. Um, I think it's really interesting um to hear about the vampires that way and hear like that's how i think it's like important to remember that somebody who's already like at a heightened emotional state and is like already going through a lot is more prone um, to like bloodlust yeah and uh speaking of bloodlust it's all vicky can think about back up in the uh bedroom in the salvatore house does it seem like she got sent to time out because <laughs> that's what it seemed like to me <laughs> like she was like Stefan told me to go sit up here because like i got in trouble because i tried to choke elena <laughs> yeah she says that she's contemplating the rest of eternity um which is interesting because vicky's never had as she mentioned before in the previous episode she's always just thought that her life was going to be kind of a dead end and now she's finally getting the chance to consider, like, who she might want to yeah. be and what she might want to do. And she has, like, wide open pastures in front of her in a way. And Damon comes in and he's like, well, boredom is also one of the pitfalls of eternity. Yeah, because he tells Vicky he turned her because he was bored. He's just like, what? Which sets kind of a horrible precedent because she's probably facing a lot of boredom right now. And when he brings her downstairs mm-hmm. to be like, you know, she's not Anne Frank rough um, rough bad Just comparison bad, no, we don't like yeah. that that's a bad yeah, one yeah exactly mm-hmm. we're, she 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 is the one who we're worried about killing people in this we're not trying to save her from people anyway he takes her out to the front yard and teaches her how to uh vamp appear vamp apparate <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about all the Harry Potter references. I love that Damon is like, I'm not. We're not going to Disneyland. We're just going to the front yard. He seriously fucks it up. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't think for a second. It reminds me of when I had a bunny when I was a child. And oh no. We were just was like, it Banicula? It drained cabbages of their color, didn't it? Didn't it, Nikki? Their name was Ash, uh, and. We had him out in, like, the front yard, and we were all sitting in a circle, and he was on his little bunny leash, and he was just hanging out, just, like, sitting, like, being a good little boy, just hanging out there, and 
my poor mother. My mom was like, you can probably let him off the leash. Like, he's just, like, sitting here. Soon as we unclipped that leash, he took off, and we never saw him again. Wow. And somewhere out there, he is now draining carrots and cabbages of their color, leaving them white in the fields. Farmers have never been able to solve the mystery of the drained cabbages all around Nikki's house. Yeah, maybe he joined up with Crow Hall, Wesley, and Brooke, and they have a nice little trio. But yeah, similar to my bunny, Vicky takes off. And immediately she goes home. She wants the comfort of home. It's so easy, I think, especially when we were teenagers, to, like, forget that she's a kid. And, like, she's scared. And, like, she also doesn't know Stefan and Damon, you know? She doesn't really like Elena. Oh, and she also has all of her memories back of them on the roof with her. Torturing her and, like, using her as a bargaining chip. Right. Yeah, yeah. All of her memories of them have now come back. So it's... That's why I was thinking about, like, the siring thing with Damon, because she has no reason to trust him. He attacked her many times, but he also is the one who turned her, and she seems to be far more suggestible to his way of thinking. Yeah. So I don't know if we can totally blame Vicky's, like, addictive personality for the way that she acts. He teaches her everything that she needs to know in order for this episode to go down the way it does. She goes home, and there's this really sad moment where she gets the key from under the pot, and she unlocks the door, and she can't get in. Um, she is now a vampire, needs to be invited in. And as always happens in the show, whenever it, they need it to be convenient, they're like, get on in here, <laughs> as Matt comes up. But I do like that, like, the first one, she doesn't really go, and then he's just like, please come inside. Like, I've been so worried about you. And it's just, he's so relieved. Um, and then he's rightfully angry. When they're at the table and she's not, mm-hmm. she's like, just let it go. I was fine. Whatever. And he's angry. Like, no, I was going to send, I was putting together a search party for you. And he's probably so sick of this shit. Like, he's also a child. He shouldn't be dealing with this. These poor kids. Where are their parents? <sighs> and because Matt's getting, like, increasingly angrier, Vicky then slams her, like, fork into the plate and smashes it into a million pieces, and Matt kind of doesn't notice? I mean, you could do that, like, as a human. That's some epic strength. I mean, depending on the plate, like, you could just, as long as you hit it hard enough, like, depending, you know, you could do it. But I also wonder if, like, it's not that surprising for him for vicky when she's angry to like break things or do stuff like that Mm. so it's not really like what's wrong with you it's just like oh you're pissed and like hey i am too like typical but so there's a knock on the door and it's stefan and instead of being smart and asking immediately if he can come in he's like hey matt let me explain and I'm just like, no, just ask for an invitation before Vicky can, like, throw you under the bus. Because that's exactly what happens. And it yeah. pisses me off. Yeah, it's smart. But it's it's very manipulative. Uh, where she says, please don't let him in. And then Matt immediately is like, did he do something to you? Hey, Matt, where was his energy when we had actual, like, okay, you know what? Never yeah, mind. Yeah, kind of blind when it comes to your best buddy that shares a locker room with you. Cool. Cool. But anyway, he doesn't... Well, we know where we stand on that. <laughs> he doesn't let Stefan in. And Vicky looks pleased with herself. She's like, yeah. And I'm just like, ugh. Well, it's also like she's figuring out the rules. Like, he can't come in. Yeah, that's true. So, in the Gilbert kitchen, Elena and Jeremy are talking about Vicky 
And Elena's doing her whole, it's for the best, like, you should just let her go. Oh, hang on, Bridget, my phone's ringing. Hello? Who is this? Uh, oh, okay, you know that's, I'm not her, oh, oh, oh you don't care, okay, alright, no, yep, can you talk about yourself, okay, yep, uh-huh, I'll tell her, okay, alright, yeah, okay, fine, bye. Who could this urgent, self-centered person be who just uh, called you, Nikki? Uh, so that was Elena. Mm. You know, I told her that we have recording today, uh, but clearly she didn't care. Um, but she wanted to let you know something, uh, and she had a question. She was saying, uh, Jeremy doesn't know Vicky's a vampire, and I need him to stay away from her. But the more I ask them to give each other space, the more insistently they are seeing each other. How should I keep Jeremy safe? So I don't know if you want to call her back or if you want to just let me know what you think and I'll call her back. No, just text her this because I've got a perfect okay. game plan. Okay. Um, got it. Okay, Elena, the game plan is you're going to express interest in the video games that Jeremy is always playing. And you're going to stay in tonight. And then, as you're distracting him by having him play you demos of his screamo emo band, you will text Stefan and be like, hey, bring Damon and some Vervain, all right? And then you're going to compel, you're going to have Damon compel Jeremy to stay away from Vicky, like starting now. And uh, you're going to make him some hot chocolate or whatever y'all drink, some pumpkin juice, and you're gonna put the vervain actually in the drink and put it in Jeremy's system. Get on top of it. Okay. Thank you. All right. I think I got it all. I think I got that it. Sounds like a, that sounds like a good plan. Ugh. Right, Mickey? I feel like that's a great plan. Yeah. Anyway, back to Elena meddling and nagging. Jeremy explains his feelings to her for the first time. I actually don't think we've really seen him open up like this. He says, you know, he mentions their parents dying and... And how he felt for months afterwards and how Vicky has really lifted him out of that. Yeah. And that creates a serious bond. Right, Elena? <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy, you know, walks out of the kitchen and he gets a text from Vicky telling him that she is stuck with Matt, but for him to come visit her. He asks where. Exactly at the place where Elena had just invited him. Elena! I just told you to stay in. God, it's the one place where Vicky can't come in. I know. It's nighttime. What is she thinking? Why? Yep. All right. Well, let's get back to the sixth big event of the Vampire Diaries season one. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Woo. Halloween at Mystic High. <laughs> Girls are a-giggling in groups, a-screaming, a-stirring cauldrons. Um... I would like to say, Nikki, that I don't think anyone should accept an open drink from Tyler Lockwood. I'm suspicious no. about that. Yeah, I don't like it at not. all. And Bonnie has the best boundaries, and she's like, no way. And she mentions how much alcohol was in it last year. Well, she says she was hungover till Thanksgiving last year. Um, may have been more than alcohol in that drink, that's all I'm saying. Uh, speaking of Lockwoods and drinking, we cut over to the grill. Yes. Where... Mayor Lockwood and... Karen! Oh, Karen! And and the, in true Daisy and Tom fashion, they're fighting over their, you know, drinks and dinner and... Yeah, pretending that they actually care about each other. Right. Yeah, they're, they're fighting and his dad's being a dick, which is not surprising because he had to learn this toxic masculinity somewhere. And he leaves uh, Karen Lockwood to uh, finish her drink and... 
Damon is pulling the same trick he uses everywhere, where someone looks at him and he just gives them that little smirk. You can feel the smolder yeah. like a like a bonfire. You can feel it like heat radiating against your face. Damon makes his way over to her booth, uh, where they immediately start flirting with each other. And Karen has a surprisingly good memory because she's like, I know you. She saw him once at an event where she saw like tons and tons of people. I'm like, okay, Karen. True, but remember they were paying special attention yes but he arrived during the daytime which we find out in this scene so i'm surprised that she even yeah but they probably had to cross him off of like a list of some sort that's a good point that's a good point and damon talks about caroline and he he says that she had a schoolgirl crush on him it was cute but he had to let her down easy and this sickens me to my core nikki because when you think about how he dismisses this we we know the truth that he yeah. groomed her and abused her and yes. it's very distressing to hear him just like dismiss it. It was very gross. I didn't like that at all. So Damon uh also very intelligently makes the realization uh he's really good at letting people talk and then realizing what he needs to say. Um so he makes a realization that she knew Zach and reminds me that Zach was a character. Um, and that they were going to get Vervain from Zach, uh, for... Do you think Zach's a Hufflepuff? Zach's... No, Zach is a squib. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) (laughs) So they... Damon, though, he's able to start, you know, infiltrating this council that he is getting some more information about and getting in good with Kara Lockwood, who is straight up like you're flirting with me and he's like you're you flirted with me first and she's like yes i did he tries to compel her and real like and she's like you okay like she's actually pretty sharp she's uh she's kind of on it a little bit you know even though she's kind of drunk it's kind of interesting i like though because we also get to see like even though damon was like maybe joking when he was saying that he would have to woo elena the old-fashioned way we kind of see that he's not bad at that. He's pretty he ain't good bad at, at it. it. And he's all like, well, hello there, pretty lady. I can be your drug dealer for Vervain. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then we go back to the school at uh, the Halloween event. We get a nice little glimpse into what Matt and Elena's relationship may have been like, like pre-breakup, because they're kind of like this little doctor nurse team. And it's really cute. Yeah, it's cute, though. They're like, they're both like, oh, you went with last year's costume. And it's sweet. And they, what did they do? She like, she like, uh, presses a defibrillator to him or something. She like, or her hand or something. They've got, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. She like touches him and they had this little moment. Yeah. And Jeremy's just a dude in a hoodie. Yeah. Matt is like, oh, so Jeremy, you're going as A from Pretty Little Liars. And Jeremy's all like, <laughs> you know, I'm in an emerging screamo band. Grumble, grumble. It's a great moment when Matt's like, yeah, you can't miss Vicky. She's a vampire. We've got. A witch dressed as a witch and a vampire dressed as a vampire. And Elena dressed like the nurse that has way more responsibility than, uh, I don't know, I can't, I'm, I was trying to draw a parallel and I couldn't. Anyway, but we see Vicky walking alone dressed up and she's obviously very overwhelmed by all of the sounds and the people and the necks and the energy. Stefan pulls her out into a classroom Um and he calls her out on her hunger because she's like, I'm fine. And he's just like, mm, okay, so you don't have a headache. And like, you're not like, he basically is like, you're hangry right now. <laughs> you're not you when you're hungry. 
Uh, here's a Snickers. Uh, it's a bag of <laughs> need a moment bag of squirrel blood. Uh, and uh, and then we go back to the grill with Karen and Damon and oop, now somehow they're both on Karen's side of the booth together. Yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, Karen. I keep going between like wanting to call her Carol because that's her actual name and calling her Karen because I, I was confused. <laughs> but sorry, uh, Mrs. Lockwood. <laughs> is like fish that's more respect than she deserves yeah, that's fair. she's drinking her drink and she says that she needs to get going that her husband will not be very happy with her in which damon says mm-hmm. well are you happy with your husband damn mm-hmm. damon yeah she really keeps her wits about her like during that she just calls him out it's almost like she's an adult and, and not a teenage girl wow indeed and Damon gracefully tries to get some info about the council. He's like, so how many people uh, is that? You know? And she's like, Zach knows. Mm-hmm. She's really, she's still being careful. I kind of, I have a little bit of respect for her, actually, yeah. for that. Yeah, absolutely. But they leave as buddies. Potentially more. Yeah, he's like, I've seen like 10 vampires out here tonight. That was cute. And he's all cute. Oh, Damon. <laughs> God damn it, Damon. <laughs> So charming. And then we go back to the school. Um, and, you know, it's really frustrating to see Vicky pretend like Stefan's bothering her still. She's still got this shtick going on where, uh, you know, she's like, he's bothering me and like, he won't leave me alone. And Matt is just so quick to defend. And, uh, and as you said earlier, where the fuck was this energy with Tyler? It just really sucks. Yeah. And I'm, I'm mad at Vicky here for doing this. Yeah, I am. I don't like it. Why would, why? It, I, mm. Yeah. It's, I think it's that bit of like what was annoying about Vicky watching it the first time when we didn't have any of the sympathy, then it was just like, and now you're doing this? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, why are you slandering our favorite characters? Come on. Right. Stefan's a good guy. He's just trying to help you. But I do like the moment when Stefan like pushes Matt against the wall and he's yeah. just like, I'm trying to help her. Yeah. I like that too. And it's just so sincere that I think Matt like is like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, Matt, you of all people know that your sister just got back from what, what he thinks is a drug bender. He's not wrong. I mean, right. you know, and from something really serious, which is like she probably witnessed a crime, which she did. And so he should be putting two and two together and not trusting his sister as much. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Stefan's already proved that he like, anyway, whatever. I'm not yeah. going to get into it. I'm just so mad. <laughs> In Vicky's escape, she and Jeremy find each other and they kiss and they're like, let's go this way. And they run off. Great. <sighs> and then we go outside the school where Bonnie's chilling. Uh, I'm going to call her Bonnie Boundaries Bennett. Fucking perfect. That's what I'm going to call her. Because this is one of the shortest but like most important scenes in the episode, as we said. And she's just so straight up with Damon. Like, she's just like, you stay away from Caroline. And she's like, I'm not giving this to you i can give it to caroline and she can decide to give it to you and i'm just like i wish that i had this level of like self-esteem as a teenage girl like she's just so just talking back to this like older hot guy who like totally she's like you do not want to talk to me about caroline Mm -hmm. like mm -mm. yeah and then he says bonnie so loyal and he goes to try to take the crystal from her and it burns his hand and Bonnie, obviously for her, thinking that it's something she did, yeah, gets scared and runs off. And good for her. I'm glad that someone yeah. is running away from the vampires in this episode. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Instead of going toward them. 
All right. And then we have kind of intercut between Elena walking around through the haunted gymnasium and uh, Drug Alley, which is where Vicky pulls Jeremy to. I don't know if you noticed uh, all the wood shop stuff there. When, when they open the door, there's like <laughs> yeah. a bunch of that wood there. And yes. I was like, oh, hey, the convenient the birdhouses. It's about to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, we see Vicky trying to like get Jeremy to leave with her and she says we can be together forever which of course like on one level sounds like some like 18 year old bullshit some young vampire bullshit but on the other (laughs) level we know she's talking about turning him and he has no idea what he's saying yes to he's just happy to see her after all these days and he's just gonna say yes to anything so that they can keep making out because she's his sunshine, his only sunshine. Oh my so- god. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I love this cut together between the like search for them and Jeremy and Vicky together. I think it really successfully gives me the vamp or the Halloween vibes that I was looking for. Yeah, and the and the song is so great, isn't it? It's called Sleep Alone. And it like builds this tension. Yeah. Cause like they're making out and Vicky bites Jeremy's yeah. lip and it then has this extra bit of tension yeah. um, as she starts like licking his lips and like, oh, and then starts like suck on his mouth. And he's like, what are you doing? And he pushes her away. And it's intercut with Elena walking through the school's corridors, like looking at really gross stuff, like creepy in your face stuff, like a rat, people eating what looks like spaghetti and marshmallows out of someone's stomach. And again, I'm like, how does, how does the school have this much money for all of these yep. bad things? <laughs> so weird. And and so we're, we're getting that uneasy, like, gross feeling. Yes. Very invasive. So Elena gets outside and finds them. And she, going to your point of her being a Gryffindor, whether it's smart yep. or not, she picks up the nearest thing, which is a wooden board, and just tries to hit Vicky with it. Which is very unsuccessful. Meanwhile, Stefan is also trying to find his way out there, and he just hasn't arrived yet. And he's trying to use his vamp hearing to try and find them, but all he can hear are the teens of 2009 being like, oh, so awesome. I know it looks so cool. <laughs> yes, very true. Meanwhile, Vicky uh, tosses Elena into the woodshop's wood supply. Yikes. Uh, and was probably very painful. Um, yeah. But now, you know, Vicky's got all of that anger in her yeah. over Elena. Uh, oh, and something I want to bring up when Elena first approaches them, Jeremy has been saying, no, stop. And he's in distress. And it really mirrors that moment with Vicky and Tyler in the woods in the pilot. Because yes. we've got this moment where the roles are reversed. And now she's the one who's physically stronger. She has this kind of, like, bloodlust, which makes her prioritize her hunger over his consent. Mm-hmm. It's just really, it's rough. And it's sad. It's sad that this is what they did to this character, you know? Yeah. That she didn't Absolutely. get a redemption. Um, so Yeah, I have so much to say about it, but let's... Yeah, let's yeah, get through let's this scene about... and then we can talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah. So Stefan eventually gets outside um, where he's able to push Vicky off and yells for the kids <laughs> i guess to get inside that's all i want to say for the children to get inside the, the human children to get inside um and as they're about to do it uh vicky interrupts them 
and bites. She removes Jeremy. Yes. She, like, pushes him out of the way and goes straight for Elena. Yes, where she bites Elena in the neck. And I'll say, Nina Dobrev, great scream. Such horror movie vibes this whole time. It's very well done. Um, Elena was yes. pretty stupid to try to throw a birdhouse at, a, at an angry vampire, I think. Uh... <laughs> but it's, a, it's also, like... I mean, maybe it's the Gryffindor yeah. in me that's like, yeah. it's your brother. But also, Nikki, everyone knows that you've got to stake a vampire through the heart. You can't just smash a birdhouse on their head. Yeah, but she doesn't have a stake. They don't have like a like a thing, like it's small enough to oh, go yeah. into the thing. The only reason it works for Stefan is because he's a vampire and he's strong enough to shove a whole two by four through her chest. Good point. Good point. Which we get to in the next moment. Stefan does not hesitate to stake Vicky. He just goes right for it. Um, because she's bitten Elena and I think something in him sees red and he doesn't just take her away. He doesn't stop her because this was a moment with Tyler earlier in the episode where Stefan was able to get Vicky off of Tyler. Right. And now he doesn't choose to just take her away. Yeah. He chooses to stake her. Right. And we get to see what happens to a vampire when they die, which is our first vampire death of the show, um, where it mm-hmm. seems like the color in her body drains and she becomes kind of shriveled. And it kind of reveals the monster yeah. that she and was. Jeremy just starts to scream for Vicky and it just breaks my heart. Oh, Nikki, I think this is a good time for me to talk about the missed opportunity with this character. You know... Okay, I'm going to hijack the script for a second. Nikki, pretend like you're a CW producer and I'm just going to pitch you an idea, okay? Great, love it. Go. Instead of killing Vicky in this scene, Damon comes in and sees that Vicky's about to kill Elena. He almost stakes her. And then Stefan saves Vicky from Damon and calms her down and coaches her through her bloodlust. Yeah. Vicky then in this moment gains, gains trust for Stefan instead of Damon because Damon was about to kill her. And they go on to have... An interesting dynamic where Vicky is like the newbie vampire in the show. And now we get two Gilberts in relationships with two vampires that have an interesting relationship of their own. Yeah. I think it would have been a great thing. The reason why I'm kind of hung up on that is because there's this sort of thing in the in the zeitgeist of like characters that are portrayed as like addicts. And it's the same thing with um, LGBT representations which is that like characters generally meet a really gruesome death either they kill themselves or they um self-destruct in some way um or find like a very gruesome end and someone ends up just taking them out they're really set up for a hero's journey that whole thing of like joseph campbell and i think that it would be really healing for our society to actually have the chance to see a character who is like She's framed as a drug addict vampire. I mean, that's really, they mention like 12 step and they mention like her talking about like, you know, yeah, the school counselor has already dealt with that. And Stefan is all like, this is going to really inform how she deals with this. And then they just take her out and we really let her down. And it's, I think it's kind of screwed up because in the zeitgeist, this idea that like these characters should just like be destroyed, that there's no path, as you said, for redemption for them. Or like, I I think it's a really missed opportunity to not take a character like this and see her grow and see her overcome things and like she has a mentor all the parts of the all the things to set her up to go on a hero's journey are there right except that they take her out and i want to read you this quote from kevin williamson who is the um, co-creator of the show he said in 2009 about killing vicky he said i don't want to be that show where there's no jeopardy 
Some shows are very predictable in that sense. Well, we know this is the lead character, so we know that they won't die. And uh, he said, I want the show to have an unpredictable quality to it. And I think that's going to come now. The audience will realize I will kill them. We will kill the main characters. And I'm like, but Vicky and Tanner are the only ones so far who have died. And they are re- he made them really unlikable characters. Yeah. Like, it, we're not, it's not like they didn't Game of Thrones it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't actually make sense to me. And I think that this idea of just fucking with the audience is not good enough. It's yeah. not good enough. We actually should strive to write smarter, more empathetic, interesting stories. That's far more fascinating than just being like, we're going to kill characters. Well, that's easy for you, isn't it? Right. Also, yeah. It's also like way easier for the story to then be like, no, we don't have to deal with this erotic vampire anymore. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. What were we just watching the first fucking seven episodes for? I'm, I'm, I'm right. really pissed about this. I know. And also that they, they framed Vicky as being like, well, she had to die because she was like annoying and a drug addict. And I'm like, oh, that sounds a great message. Thanks. <laughs> like... They also mature her so much. Yeah. They make her seem like she's like so mature and adult and everything. And like, she's still in high school. She is still a minor. She's still a child. Like, yeah. and it's just never treated like that. It's never treated like this is a young girl yeah. that was just killed. Like, that's horrifying. And like, even if they wanted to, like, if they were like, well, we needed to like shift the focus off of Vicky to something else, like, there were other things they could have done, yeah. more creative solutions they could have done. There's something in the next episode that I can't say right now that could have been a great thing you could have done to incorporate something else. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, and it could have been really interesting with that, like, female vampire perspective. <laughs> it's not worth the the shock value to me. Um, and it's not that shocking. Oh, what, someone who has been considered, like, kind of a, a bad character and, like, a mean character, liability, dies? Liability. Okay. Like, yeah. 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 I'm not impressed. And, right. uh, you know, it's interesting, Nikki, did you know that Kayla Yule and Candace Akala, now known as uh, Candace King, have a podcast together? I did. It's called Directionally Challenged. I know that they've always, like, stayed really close to her. Like, they all, like, loved her. They loved Kayla Yule, and everyone was really sad that she left the show. And um, there's a great episode that um, Candace King and Kayla Yule do on, um, like, coping with addiction. And they have an addiction expert on uh, who's, like, board certified and everything to deal with that. So um, check that out. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think rewatching the show that my opinion about Vicky would change so much. Me neither. I was like, oh, maybe I'll have compassion with her, like, to start with, and then... Get annoyed with her again. Yeah, but, but actually, I'm like, we really, we witnessed the character assassination of a young teenage girl dealing with addiction, and right. I'm not okay with that. Also, the fact that, like, putting aside, like, the morality of it creatively, I'm like, you only use this character for seven episodes? Like, she's interesting, and, like, there's interesting conflict between her and Elena and, like, herself. Like, that whole moment where she, like, all of a sudden, like, that that juxtaposition of when I think about my future, I just see blank. And now she's thinking about eternity. That's so cool. And, like, yeah, there might be other opportunities to yes. discover that later, but, like, you already set this up for this character to have this thing. Like, you already put it in this character's world do something with it 
And she's in the middle. Like, Vicky is really in the middle of all of the dynamics with all the other characters. She and Damon have an interesting relationship because he sired her and because he's, like, the erratic vampire. Stefan has an interesting relationship with her because he wants to mentor her. Elena and her have an interesting relationship because, like, there's obviously some beef there from the past that's now very... Up and center. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have loved to see her and Caroline have a fucking conversation later in this season. Ooh. That would be so interesting. And and her and Jeremy to see what their relationship is so that Jeremy can start to understand maybe what Elena has been going through. Right. Which we should now get on with the rest of the episode because something very important happens to Jeremy. Yeah, and I want to talk about that too. Uh, this might be a longer episode. <laughs> but some important discussions to be had. Yeah. Uh, outside of the school, Stefan, you know, takes Jeremy away. He calls Damon. And in a really important moment, Damon, like, answers the phone, seeing it's Stefan, and is just kind of, like, smirking and doing his Damon thing. It's like, what? And then he just says, I need your help. And Damon's face changes immediately. And so we cut back to Elena, who's crying over Vicky, which, again, she's somebody who's been in her life this whole time. We have a quick switch over to um, Bonnie showing up. at. We find out that she ran to her grams' house. Yeah, and we find out that that necklace belonged to her great-great-great-great-grandmother. Yes, I counted the greats. I did, too. That scene felt a little exposition-y to me. Like, I could have waited till the next episode to find that information out, because it was just like, oh, yes, this book I have with this very clear photo from, yeah, right. <laughs> like, a hundred-something years ago. But yeah, back to Drug Alley. Oh, this scene is so good. Elena has, like, this moment with Vicky's body alone where she almost, like, reaches out to her. And I'm like, what is she thinking in this moment? Like, is she is she feeling sad for Vicky? Is she like, what happened? What What is, I don't know. Anyway, Damon comes and she immediately is like, you did this. Like, people die around you. Yes. You know it and it matters. And uh, she slaps him for the second time in the season. And he says, you confuse me with someone with remorse. Um, and then she says... Or he says, none of this matters to me. None of it. And then he just very, like, stoically says, you need to leave. He says, you're bleeding and you need to leave. <sighs> oh, my God. So in another scene that's going to fucking rip my heart out. Yikes. Um, I'm a sucker for a brother-sister relationship. Uh, having a brother myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this moment in front of the school. Yeah. Um, Elena sees Matt. And Matt's like, what's wrong? She's like, oh. Good lie. Honestly, Stefan could take some lessons from her. She says she doesn't like lying, but that was a smart lie from her. She does lie very well. She's just very straight. And we we know what this means to her, though. Like, she doesn't have to show us how she's struggling because we already know she's been trying to avoid this very thing the whole time. She doesn't want to lie to the people that she loves. And she loves Matt. Maybe not romantically yeah. anymore, but he's one of her best friends. And the lies have gotten bigger because now Matt says, have you seen Vicky? I've been looking for her everywhere. And she says, I haven't seen her. And it's heartbreaking when he says, is this what I'm in for? A lifetime of worrying about her? And, you know, we're all like, nope, you don't have to deal with her anymore. But that's not the truth. Like, now what is going to happen? Vicky's going to disappear right. and Matt is going to have a lifetime of, like, I'm the guy whose sister went missing? Yeah. Awful. Awful. And even also... In these little moments that remind me that they're children, he's like, maybe she'll be home. And Elena walks to her car and has this moment alone where she just starts, like, 
hitting the steering wheel and she's really just kicking herself for not following my awesome advice earlier in this episode because she should have and everything would have been avoided i'm really you know kevin williamson did this i'm mad i'm mad yeah yeah um at the gilbert porch uh elena sees stefan and she asks where jeremy is and she just goes up to see Jeremy and oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he says, why does everybody have to die on me? And Elena, I think before he says that, is really thinking about explaining to him. Because she says, do you understand what happened tonight? And I think it, there's a possibility here that she's going to open up and say to him, this is real. What you saw is real. There are vampires. And she tries to explain that Vicky was going to kill her. And and I guess that's the justification for why Stefan did what he did. I also think what like tips over the edge on this is, oh, God, kills me when he just says, make it stop. It hurts. It's just this grief. Just this, oof. But I also think. This pit of grief. There's a selfishness here, though. Because. Oh, absolutely. He's totally focused on his own pain. He he saw his sister almost die tonight, and it almost seems yes. like he does he doesn't he doesn't say anything about it. He doesn't acknowledge it. I think it's something he can't process in this moment because he's lost so many people, mm-hmm. and Vicky's this other person that he's lost, and Elena and Jenna are the only people he has left in the world. And so the idea that he also could have lost his sister tonight is like one too many things for him to deal with at the moment. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective on it. Yeah. And because she's not dead. She's in front of him. So he can just be like, nope, <laughs> not thinking about this now. Mm, yeah, a little bit of denial. A lot of yeah. denial. <laughs> yeah, and we don't get to know what the process of that would have been because Elena makes a decision for him in this moment. Um, but before we get to that part, we see Stefan sitting on the porch alone, probably listening. Yeah. And he's th- he's contemplating, you know, he's the reason. I, th- I think he feels like he's the reason that all of this is happening. And he did make that decision right. to kill Vicky. He did fail as her vamp sponsor, <laughs> in a way. He promised to protect everybody, which is... Elena still ended up getting hurt and being in danger. He's going through a lot in his head right now. And in an even more heartbreaking moment for me, we see Matt arriving home in the dark, and it's really, really sad to see him. You get the feeling that it's just him and Vicky most of the time. And that, like, she's kind of his everything. And um, yeah. now he's alone. I actually feel much worse for him than for anyone else in this episode, including Jeremy. Absolutely. We go back to the yeah. front porch yeah. and we see, you know, <sighs> Stefan's complicated feelings for Damon um, come up when Elena says that she wants Jeremy to forget, but Stefan just can't do it. He's like, because of the way that I live, because of who I am, it's not going to work. And when Damon says, I can do it, we see this expression on Stefan's face of like, oh, just that gutted moment of like, my brother can do something for you in this moment that I can't do. And he already feels so responsible, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's a really important moment, I think, because Damon doesn't need to do this. Um, If he really didn't care, if it really didn't matter, he wouldn't do this. Um, but as we yeah. can see, like, there's some things that Elena can say to Damon that seem to hit differently, um, where he does actually listen to what she says, um, and some part of him has to feel guilt at this level, because he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't feel guilty about it. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing it for her. He's not doing it for Jeremy. He didn't give a shit about Derek no. Jeremy. 
Or Vicky. No. But he's absolutely doing it for her and, and somewhat in front of his brother to be like, I can do it. Like, I'm needed in a way. Right. And so he asks, what do you want him to know? Um, and Elena says that he wants him to tell her that Vicky left town and she's not coming back. That he shouldn't look for her or worry about her. That he's going to miss her, but he knows it's for the best. What do you think would happen if they didn't do this? What do you think about this decision to make him forget and just let, have him grieve? I think initially on watching this, I still didn't love this decision that she made. Because for me, it feels like she's taking this away from him. Yeah, she's taking the humanity out of the situation in a way. Right. I I think that it it makes sense for her character. I don't think that... I think it's yeah. right for the show. Um, and right for Elena to do this, uh, it makes sense. But it also feels very much like Elena's character, where she's saying it's for Jeremy, but it's for herself. Like, if she didn't do this, she would need to be there for him through this additional grief. Because he is at the bottom of a pit right now, and that's hard to deal with. Like, to be there for somebody else when they're going through something. Do you also think that part of this for her is about making Jeremy not hate Stefan, who is her Vicky. Yes. And also so that he doesn't get mad at her. I think she's just scared. And I think that she yeah. is also a child and is also like, I can do this thing so my brother doesn't hurt anymore. And it's wrong, but it's also like, I get it. As Brene Brown would say, we can't numb all the bad stuff or we numb all the good stuff. Our ability to feel joy and compassion and all of that. And then the fucking episode ends. And we're all like, happy Halloween. <laughs> all right. Let's try to bring this mood back up just a little bit. <laughs> okay, Nikki. <laughs> we're cheering through our tears. <laughs> Who are you taking in? <laughs> So I am, and similar to what you were saying earlier, I'm taking Vicky out of town um, before anything bad happens. Uh, take her to, like, the fucking mountains. I don't care. Take her somewhere. You know what? Even bring Matt. Tell Matt that she's a fucking vampire now. Fuck it. Like, he can help her out. Like, there's just so many other options, like you were saying. So many different things that they could have done. To deal with the decisions that they've made. Episodes one through six. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. And she, I just, she doesn't deserve any of this. Nope. Nothing she's done. Make like, it's almost like they try to be like, oh, she has this, it's this thing that happens a lot with people that are. Yeah. Um, have addictive personalities or whatever. Yeah. Right. Where there's something like, oh, they live a risky lifestyle. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Fuck that. Like, they're Thanks still for literally a making person. it a death sentence. Kind of like being queer is a death sentence in the zeitgeist. Anyway, I'm sorry. I need right. to shut up about it. I understand that I'm I'm just getting myself worked up again. <laughs> I don't... This is going to be my most, like, metaphorical, not tangible stake of my thing I've ever done. But I'm staking the feelings I have when I see Matt and Jeremy yeah. just, like, so upset. You're, you're asking Damon to compel you to forget as well? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Who are you taking and staking? I am taking... You know what? I'm going to start with my stake because okay. I, I'm, I my take uh, brings me joy. Your take also brings me joy. 
I'm staking Kevin Williamson for assassinating Vicky's character and staking Ay. Vicky. It's a stake for a stake. And I'm taking Sheila Bennett to a masterclass studio where she can film a masterclass on witchcraft so that Bonnie and I can take night courses together and just like study witchcraft together. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Love that. All right, Nikki. What's our word of the day? The word of the day is lucid, Ooh. which means very clear and easy to understand. It also means the ability to think clearly. All right. 60 seconds to come up with a sentence and go. Vicky doesn't seem very lucid when she's walking through the overstimulating hallway at the Halloween party. Very nice. I think Elena should sleep on the decision to remove Jeremy's memory and make a decision in the morning when she's more lucid. Very nice. All right, Nikki, tarot card dedication. I want to... Special Halloween edition. Special Halloween edition. <laughs> I want to do something we have yet to do and pick a random card. <gasps> oh my god, I was so excited! It and really I, is a special Halloween edition. It's a special Halloween edition. Who do we want to pick for? Why don't you pick the card and then the first person that comes to your mind? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ooh. The four of discs oh power all about power oh the first thought i had was uh the potential vicky could have had oh it seems like all of her power was like stripped from her and every like time every opportunity because we see these moments of her when she we can see that she's fucking clever and that she's good at like manipulating a situation and like resourceful and like stands up for herself um, throughout the show, she was good at setting boundaries and, like, could have developed into being such a fucking badass vampire. If they had let her live more than a fucking day. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, but, yeah, quite literally, like, you know, if they had just taken her out of town, trained her up a little bit. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about power? I don't feel like I know a ton about the card. Yeah, the four of discs, I think of, well, let's think about the number four. The four. A four is very stable. Like, it's like the four legs of a table. And then discs has a lot of, like, physical earth kind of energy. Mm -hmm. And so I think of this card as being very much, like, finding a home in yourself and, and being able to feel stable about your boundaries. I actually think boundaries are a huge part of this card. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you have personal power, if you can sit in yourself and be comfortable in yourself, you can have boundaries that let the right people in. And it's, it's about, like, are you building a fortress around yourself or are you needing to build more of, like, a, a large fence where some people can get in and, like, there are yeah. slats in it? You I know? think that, that, like, I think that even more so than this idea of it's told to us over and over again that Vicky is rational or, like, unpredictable, kind of erratic, this and that, but, like... No, like we've seen moments where she can be very much the opposite of that. She's also young and she's she struggling with addiction. She held down a job. She works and Matt does not. Yeah. She's been the breadwinner for her family. Yeah. And she wanted to go home too. I think that that's another... Sorry that I'm getting so passionate about this. I had no idea that I would get so emotional. <laughs> I mean, I felt the same way where I was just kind of like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's just... um also kind of shitty that like the first character that we lose like you're saying is like a young girl yeah who's been really you know tormented this entire show yeah and to not get to see her get to come into her power which she had the potential for right i mean it, it's it's really it hurts me on a level that is not warranted 
and is not worth the weird, uh, unpredictable, there are consequences quality that uh, Williamson wanted for the show. Yeah. Just to keep saying that. All right. Who'd you, what'd you pick? Okay. Deep breath. Um, I picked the Five of Swords for five characters. Ooh. Stefan, Elena, Vicky, Jeremy, and Matt. Damon's not a part of it because fuck him. We're, he's the reason why we're in this situation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Five of Swords is uh, typically about this uh, feeling of defeat and this feeling of... Um, there's this interesting picture on like the uh, Smith Rider Waite um, Centennial deck, which is like this picture of this person who's obviously like won a sword duel with two other people. And it's like three people have been fighting. And like, it seems like it's about this person who's like won and these other two people have lost. And really, it's the story of walking away from a battle where it feels like no one won. Mm-hmm. No one won. No one walks away from this with really anything good. And it's about like grieving and like licking your wounds and just being like, okay, we lost. Now we have to deal with it. Yeah. And it sucks, but it's a part of being human. And the fact that Elena makes this decision for Jeremy, that he doesn't get to process his defeat in this situation, that this, this horrible disappointment, this letdown. I mean, obviously those are like not great words for it because it's deep grief. And I think there can be a lot of grief in, in fighting a battle that's really bloody and and takes a lot of your sweat and tears and emotion. And then there's like almost like a battle after the battle, which is the internal battle of like, how do I cope with what just happened? How do yeah. I deal with being let down and and feeling and feeling every bit of the defeat, but not letting myself be defeated in the way that I move forward? Yeah, she's taking that away from him, the, the ability to grow from this moment and become stronger. Yeah. Um, She's skipping right over it to the to the getting back up again. This card, inevitably, you get back up again. It's not right. like a bad card. It's it's something that's very human. And you can't avoid, like, there are going to be situations where um, it's like the dark forest. I've been watching Ted Lasso. So, like, he, he talks about fairy tales never start and they never end in the dark forest. Yeah. There is always a dark forest in the middle. And the story's not over yet. And Elena is wanting in chapter five what is going to be in, like, chapter eight for Jeremy. Right. Um, and this card is the medicine of that um, that speaks to the process of processing your defeat and getting back up again. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! We're both emotionally exhausted. <laughs> Jesus. Uh... Tune in next time! No. <laughs> next time we cry a little less. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well... That's all for Haunted. I have been your host, Bridget. I've been your other host, Nikki. Thanks for joining us. And tune in next time to find out if uh, Sheila Bennett is going to teach her masterclass on occult studies. Tune in next time to see if, you know, who got the most candy after this yeah. I don't have any fun things to say. <laughs> it sucks. We didn't even talk about the fact that Elena and Stefan were like, we're going to be together now. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Dear Diary, you need more than ignorance to trap a real witch. Dear Diary, well, are you happy with your husband? Dear Diary, I can't control it, and it won't go away. Dear Diary, why do I have to pee? I thought it was dead. 